0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad.
1: Monday. Monday night football. Remember when they used to have that intro with the two helmets exploding? They don't still have that, do they? That's when I started watching it when I moved to Edmonton in the early 90s and finally had cable. And it was Michaels was doing the play-by-play. Now he's on Sunday night they had Gifford and Deerdorf, and they had that intro and the helmets would slam together at the end and there'd be a big explosion. I don't know if they still do that. Now they have this huge pregame show. So I never really see the beginning of it. Anyway, we'll keep you updated on that one tonight. Good matchup. Good matchup in the Monday nighter. It is the Rams taking on the Buccaneers LA at six and three Tampa Bay at seven and three, the Rams, half a game behind Seattle for first in the NFC West the Seahawks are seven and three they won on Thursday night against the Cardinals and Tampa Bay coming in seven and three and uh, they trail New Orleans who are eight and two in the NFC South so that is the uh, feature attraction game wise tonight we have a lot to get to on this edition of inside sports Chris for going to join us in a couple of couple of minutes here, a long NHL player, 643 games, couple of Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks. He's kind of moved into broadcasting and some other ventures. We've had him on the show before. He's uh, really entertaining to talk to. He'll have some perspective on the negotiations between the players and the owners. We'll probably bring up that word that's really ugly, ugly to the NHL players. Uh, the word is escrow because if that money – gets put aside, they're probably not getting it back given the financial climate that the NHL is expecting over the next few years. Also, Chris is into the finale of Battle of the Blades, which is coming up on Thursday on uh, CBC. I believe, it's, I believe it's on Thursday at 9, up against all the good shows that are on SCTV at that same time. So we'll see what wins out there. Uh, Grayson, Paul and Chuck on the show tonight. U of A Golden Bears hockey team, and they're confirming what I told you about a couple of weeks ago that indeed they will take on the Canadian World Juniors at the selection camp in the Red Deer Bubble Saturday and Sunday at 6 o'clock. The games will be on TSN, uh, a variety of the TSN channels. You'll have to check your guide because obviously they got Sunday night football Sunday night, but uh, the games will be on TSN. So you will get live hockey. And you will get the Canadian World Juniors, always a popular team to watch. And you will get the U of A Golden Bears, pretty popular team to watch as well. So Grayson's going to check in tonight. Jack's on the show as well. Hey, I'm happy to hear from you. You can get me on Twitter at Reid Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. You can call or text. It's the same number, 780-496-0063. If you are using a rotary phone, and I understand out by Knighton Junction, still a lot of rotary phones in use. Uh, you cannot text using that number. You'll have to settle for a conventional phone call. The Big L says, "Read why have you never competed in Battle of the Blades?" Big L, I've never been invited. You have to get asked to do that stuff. You don't just sign up and get to go on Battle of the Blades. Fair question though. Also, we will uh, we'll talk a little bit more about this later on. Look, we all we went through all the the uh, well, I'm going to call it trauma because it it just it felt very traumatic at the time the football team dropping the name Eskimos a few months ago and they want to have a new name by the spring and they they want suggestions from people. So you can go to the website, esks.com slash name. You can use the hashtag on Twitter, uh, double E, name time. And they're going to kind of take suggestions until the end of the day, next Tuesday, December 1st. Now remember, it's not a contest. Ultimately, it's going to be the board of directors that picks the team, but they want to know if there are any... Any, uh, any bright lights of inspiration out there that, that perhaps could help. I, I've in the past have talked about the name Express because uh, I like that. I, I think they could do a lot with the imagery of speed, trains, planes, cars. I mean, I got this picture of like a football kind of going over top of the high-level bridge with the motion lines behind it, like it's a bridge up there. From a fan perspective, you can say, you know, express yourself, all this things to do with the expression, expression, and being a fan. But look, we'll see. um, And we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes. We're going to talk about that a little bit with uh, Alan Watt tonight and touch on that big 50, 50. They had to raise money for Winifred Stewart's Joey Moss Memorial Fund. All right. Please welcome back to inside sports, two time Stanley cup champion. He was briefly an Edmonton oiler in training camp a few years ago. It is Chris for Chris, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. Thanks for having me on again.
1: Well, it's nice to catch up with you. We've always enjoyed having you as a guest in the past. And man, we got a lot to talk about you. Like you're, you're a busy guy. You're what, when is this battle of blades finale on? Is this Thursday night already?
2: Yeah, it's coming up Thursday night and it's been a, it's been a great experience. It's something new. I never thought I'd be retiring with figure skates on, um, but here I am. My last ever competitive competition will come in figure skates
1: now tell me about getting involved in this who approached you was it a hard sell did they have to talk you into it i'm just curious how it all came together
2: well the first person who called me was colby armstrong and he said would you like to do this and i was like no and then a few weeks went by and he came back and asked again and um kind of explained it and uh, i thought about it and then a little bit more went by and i realized that not much was going to go on this winter and seemed like a good opportunity to kind of get out there and raise a lot of money for a charity and do something new so uh, i'm very happy i did it. it's it been a really great experience and uh, raising a lot of money too for for my charity opacast and down in lethbridge alberta well tell me a little bit about your charity that's cool yeah it's so it's it focuses on uh indigenous youth and families and Um, helping them at critical stages of their life, get the support they need. So um, a lot of my best friends being Indigenous, this was a charity that they thought did really great work. And um, so I talked with them and it was obviously one that I would love to help and bring a lot of awareness to in these times.
1: All right. So you said when Colby first asked you, like you you made it sound like it was just a flat out no or...
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was it was pretty much a flat out no when he first asked, and then because uh, I just honestly I I just didn't think I could do it, and uh, you know you got to really put yourself out there, and you know you're dancing on TV, you know, and I've never really been the best dancer, so it's it's for sure at the start it was a no, and then again they call and they talk to you about the experience and. Again, time slowly goes on and you realize that uh, nothing's going to be going on. So it's it's an opportunity to be a part of something. So as time went on, it seemed more likely.
1: Did, did you have any history with anything to do with figure skating, even going back to a kid, like taking a, a class or two or having siblings or cousins or any friends in it or anything like that?
2: N- no. The, the only lady who I know is really into competitive figure skating is Pam Tricato. She's the skating coach at my hockey school in uh, Tabor, Alberta. So mine and Devin Setaguchi's hockey school. So she's the the closest link to figure skating uh, I would have. I couldn't afford skating lessons as a kid. Uh, Me or my brothers had never truly had skating lessons. So my first ever skating lesson was um, 10 weeks ago. So they were saying the names of turns and footwork and I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about so they were like what are you talking about you've never had a lesson I'm like nope just uh <laughs> kind of had ability and a lot of drive and you know my dad and my dad taught me a lot of what he kind of knew but he was never a hockey player so uh for us for me that was my first true skating lesson 10 weeks ago
1: what uh, and I like I know you can't reveal obviously the results coming up on Thursday that'll be fun to watch but I, I just want to ask you this about it what's the clumsiest moment you had and what's the most rewarding moment you had going through Battle of the Blaze? Well,
2: the, the hands down, the first two weeks, I think I fell like 12 or 13 times. My knees were mangled. Uh, you think you had the toe pick mastered and then each and every week you're reminded that it's still there. So those, there was not just one clumsy moment, but the one that hurt the most was when I tripped my partner and she fell and she got a black guy. That was, uh, it. I did not feel good about that. And the most rewarding, I think, is just after the first performance to know that you could do it and you could go out there and not, I guess, figure skate, not very well, but do it and and have a lot of fun with it. So I think that after that first skate was uh, very rewarding.
1: Well, good for you for doing that, Chris Versteeg joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Chris, man, it's it's uh, the NHL is is going through some negotiations here. They want to get the season going. They've stuck with January 1st as a target date. It, it, they're going to have to really get moving to to start then. You know, you obviously uh, you, you played through uh, a, a partial season because of a labor stoppage back in in 12 13. This is a different circumstance but these are some pretty key negotiations and i'm just wondering as as a former player um you know there was a cba signed in the summer and now the the owners have come to the players and say hey can you put more into escrow or can you defer a little bit more and there's been some reports that the the players have been kind of unhappy about stuff going on I'm, i'm just curious your perspective of uh of what what these talks might be like and what the players are being asked to do here
2: well the players are getting asked a lot of them is what it is they they've put their bodies and they put their everything on the line and obviously owners do they put their wallets on the line um but again you go back to the cbas and an understanding you think of an understanding and you also understand these are in certain times so you gotta both work together to make it work but if it's only coming towards the players then i understand why they aren't happy um escrow is a lot of money to give away um, for a player. I've done it, I am i wasn't happy doing it. You understood it to an extent, um, but you did not like doing that. So for now, for them to come and ask for cuts and deferrals of payments and, and so on, I'm sure the players aren't happy. I'm not sure where negotiations would go or where they would be. I haven't been involved in any of that and asking questions and I'm, I'm not going to ask questions. I'm going to let those kind of come out. So, uh, but again, for me, I, as a player, looking at the players, I, I would be very frustrated at the moment.
1: Well, and, and I guess the alternative though, isn't a good one because um and I don't think it's going to reach this point, Chris. But I mean, everybody wants to play. And if there isn't a season, then it, then as a player, you're getting nothing, regardless of the size of your contract.
2: Exactly. That's there. There's that's exactly it. It's either play and try to keep escrow payments down in the future and defer payments, or don't play and don't make anything at all. So it is a difficult and tricky time it's one that's going to take hard negotiations and a lot of people to um i guess move both ways and that's never an easy thing to do um but again it, i think and i would hope something would get done but i just hope it would be fair for both plays both sides but especially the players because these are the guys going out there and playing and they're putting their bodies and minds on the line and, and i really hope that it is fair for them
1: you played uh, obviously chicago great market championship caliber teams when you were there you played calgary and toronto avid canadian markets but you spent some time in florida a little bit uh, in carolina and look maybe i'm sitting here in edmonton in canada and totally misreading those markets but as someone who played you know florida carolina would you be concerned that if Hockey, you know, went away for a while, or or has this partial season that it could maybe erode its status there, where it's not the number one sport.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's always that that worry. I think a lot of sports are a little bit worried about that in certain markets right now. Uh, but again, there's the, winning. Winning does change everything. The thing I've actually thought about the most wasn't so much those markets. It's it's Seattle, right? how does Seattle come in in the future out of all these stoppages and all the traction they gained and now it's stopped and, and Vegas, like these are two markets that are new to the new to the league. I think Vegas will be just fine, but how does Seattle respond uh, and keep their fan base engaged through these times uh, in order for when they come into the league uh, to make it, I guess, exciting for them and, and want to feel like a big market.
1: Yeah, that that's a good point. Does does Seattle have a home opener in October of next year? Hopefully with no fans. <laughs> I mean, it's
2: yeah, that, that that's the, I've thought about that all the time. That's just like again, like you kind of come to understand Florida and Phoenix, and you don't you don't get it. I guess you don't get why the arenas are in those areas in the first place. You understand the free land, but you don't get uh, some things. But for Seattle this is big, like these moments, these first impressions of getting it right is huge. And they paid $600 million to have a team and you want them to get it right. You want kids to come to games in Seattle. You want them to be big and, and really noticed around the league. So for this to start this way with possibility, maybe, you know, maybe they can't have fans in October. I don't know. I would hope by then that things are figured out and they could because for them and that franchise, it will be huge.
1: Yeah. Chris, always appreciate your perspective. Thanks for, for checking in tonight. Uh, hopefully we can keep in touch down the road. And uh, thanks for sharing your Battle of the Blades experience as well. So Thursday, Thursday night we can watch the finale, eh?
2: Yes, you can, and uh, I hope you enjoy it.
1: <laughs> All right, good stuff. That's Chris Fristique checking in tonight. So if you heard him say it, not a fan of the escrow, not a fan of what... The players have been asked here by the National Hockey League, but could be a situation where if they want to play and get whatever portion of their salaries they're going to wind up with, they're going to have to go along with it if they want to get a season done. Ongoing story, I would have thought if they wanted to go January 1st, they would have had to make some sort of an announcement or a decision by now. 620 football games underway, no score, three minutes in. Inside Sports on Chet. So, the Alberta Golden Bears hockey team set to play this weekend in Red Deer. That'll be against the Canadian World Junior Team, part of the selection camp. And the AJHL, a couple weeks into its season. With an update, here's Brendan Escott.
0: Two more games and two more wins in the book for the Fort McMurray Oil Barons who are now 4-0 and after two weekends of action in the Alberta Junior Hockey League and a special congratulations to head coach Gord Thibodeau on win number 900 in his legendary coaching career. The Spruce Grove Saints meanwhile traded wins with the Grand Prairie Storm winning in a shootout on Friday night falling 5-4 on Saturday. Drayton Valley Thunder got back on the horse. They picked up two wins over the Sherwood with Park Crusaders who are struggling out of the gate 0-3 and 1 sitting ahead only of the Lloydminster Bobcats who dropped both of their initial games this weekend. North Division the only division playing right now down in the south they've had COVID cases and as such protocol has been enacted to basically stop the whole schedule for a couple of weekends so that's where we sit. Oil Barons pacing the North Division that's been your AJHL wrap-up I'm Brendan Escott.
1: All right. Thanks, Brendan. Well, Gord Thibodeau, 900 career wins. He's either a great coach or he's just been coaching a really, really long time. Uh, he's a pretty good coach. I've known Gord a while. Had him on the show a couple weeks ago. It's always fun to chat with. Thanks for the update there, Brendan. And of course, the Western Hockey League, their target date remains January 8th as uh, we work through all this pandemic stuff and hopefully the games keep going and are able to start up. Yeah, well, and hopefully, I guess we could maybe have an announcement tomorrow, but uh, like I said, we're hoping the Bears are going to play the Canadian World Junior Selection Camp team Saturday and Sunday in Red Deer Grayson Polinchuk. This will be interesting for him. Going back to his home rink, he was a Red Deer Rebel for several seasons, now a member of the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. He's up after the 6.30 news. Thanks a lot for checking in tonight. Coming right back. Woods with a four-yard touchdown reception. The Los Angeles Rams take the lead Monday night in Tampa Bay. Extra point still to come. They're about halfway through the first quarter. Good matchup there tonight. I got to tell you, I uh, I like the Rams team. They got a good offense. They do things quickly. They got a pretty stout defense. Now, nothing wrong with the Buccaneers, of course, but the Rams do take the lead tonight. 780-496-0063. If you would like to call or text, Jack Michaels coming up at 7.05. And then don't forget, at 7.30 this evening, it is the E football team coaches show with Milanovic and Morley. It was confirmed today, something I told you about on this show a few weeks ago. The Golden Bears are going to play the Canadian World Junior Team in the Red Deer Bubble already coming up this weekend, Saturday and Sunday at 6. The games are going to be televised on TSN and to discuss further and to get an update on the Golden Bears hockey team. Pleased to welcome to the show, forward Grayson Polanchuk. Grayson, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for checking in tonight. Well, tell me a little bit about this opportunity. Uh, I mean, I think it's always cool to get to play the Canadian World Juniors and in a season where you're not getting a lot of competition, give me some perspective on how you guys are feeling about it
3: uh yeah no i think our team as a whole is pretty excited for the game uh with kind of how this year's gone it's been ups and downs for team, whether we're playing games or not with this season and then to find out that we had the chance to play the world juniors was huge for us and a chance for us to get some games in and uh i know like our team we have a lot of good players normally it's a u sports all-star team that plays them lately but i think it'll be good for our team to showcase what we have and to get the notice uh, for a lot of guys in our team that are all good as well.
1: Well, yeah, I agree, and I mean there have been games uh, in in the past. Back in uh, in December of twenty twelve, the yeah. Golden Bears beat Team Canada four one. I know obviously you weren't uh, you weren't on the team at that time, but uh, you know I think that I think the Bears are going to match up match up quite well here. I mean, is that how you're you're feeling a ch- and The games are going to be on TSN, so even even a chance to showcase the program nationally, I think.
3: Yeah, no, I think we should be able to match up against them. Um, Most of, or a lot of the players on Team Canada, I know guys on our team have all played against now. A lot of us are obviously a lot older now, but um, I still think that we'll all be able to have a good game and be able to be uh, right there with them.
1: Tell me a little bit about this semester. I've had Ian on the show and early morning practices and obviously a much different routine for you and your teammates. Uh, What's it been like for you? How have you been handling it?
3: Um, I think it's been good for me, kind of what we've gotten in the room too. It's been pretty good. It's uh, quite a bit different. We normally practice in the afternoon after classes. Now it is in the early morning. Um, It's usually 7.30 every day. And then so far, uh, the first few months are kind of more skill skates, kind of work on individual skills and stuff like that, which – uh, was pretty good kinda of changing it up every day which was nice so wasn't getting too old and then kinda of a few months in we got the news for this like so kinda of up the the tempo too there kinda of getting excited for the games and stuff and lately it's just been more system stuff trying to get ready.
1: Have you played any games at all outside of going against teammates? No exhibition games or anything like that?
3: No, we've had a couple just like scrimmages against each other. Usually Fridays but uh Against any other teams, we haven't played any games.
1: I, I'm just wondering how you're coping with that, Grayson. I mean, you've been playing hockey pretty much all your life, and I know practices are important, but it's my experience, Grayson, that that perhaps many players prefer games to practices. So I don't know how you've got through this mentally all these months and weeks without knowing there's a, a game on the horizon. Yeah, it's
3: been a little challenging. I mean, obviously games are a little more exciting. So um, kind of what I was saying before was how like uh, the practices were starting to get kind of just too much of a routine where we were only practicing. So kind of getting the news for these games kind of helped with that a lot. But um, I don't know. It's just kind of been trying to stay positive. Like like the group of guys that we have, we've all still been challenging each other in practices. And there's still that competitive energy within – uh, each other especially on those Friday game days, but uh, it'll definitely be nice to actually get a few games in and not just practice
1: Grayson Paulinchuk from the Golden Bears hockey team joining us tonight on inside sports last season in Canada West eighteen goals and thirty five points in twenty eight games. That was his second year with the golden bears this this to me seems maybe a little extra special for you because these games are going to be played in red deer and uh, and you were a longtime red Deer rebel <laughs>
3: Uh, yeah, no, it's been a few years, well, I guess two years now since I've been back in this rink, so it'll kind of be cool to be back in the old barn. I played five years, so pretty used to that home rink there, but it'll be a little different. I'm assuming we'll probably be on the visiting bench or the away team, so it'll be a little different being on that side, but uh, it'll be cool to be back in the rink. I know it looks a little different. They upgraded the green seats to black seats now, so... As a bit of a different look but it'll definitely be cool to get back into that ring.
1: yeah well and obviously with uh red deer no one talks about the the rebels without mentioning the name brent sutter tell people what it was like to have him as a head coach
3: uh, i think it was good i think he taught me a lot of stuff that's definitely helped my career now and how uh, it's growing um he's definitely one of the harder coaches, I guess, that I have played for, but um, it was all in a good way, where he was pushing me and trying to get me to be a better player, and uh, I think it's really helped me. And even if hockey doesn't end up turning out for me, like, uh, a lot of life situation or kind of life um, strategies that he helped with as well.
1: All right. Uh, now, what about? I, I believe were you not on the Red team that hosted the uh, the Memorial Cup? Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah, what was, that? what was that year like, knowing that you were going to play in it all the time?
3: Uh, kind of had a lot of pressure on it. You never want to be that team that loses out and just sits around for a few months. Um, we definitely had a good team, uh, especially at the deadline there. We got a few key players that helped as well, which one was an ex-Bear, Luke Phil. I think we got like Kaluka and DeBrusk who just signed again today, so... Uh, we had a good team that year for sure. We ended up losing in the conference finals, one that I still think we should have been able to win. But uh, it was kind of cool knowing, like, the whole year that you would end up playing in the Memorial Cup and kind of what that was what you're kind of working towards the whole year.
1: Uh, were you were you hurt in in your second last year in Red Deer?
3: Yeah, in. That would be my 19-year-old season. I uh, dislocated—I had a high ankle strain first, and then my second game back, I dislocated my shoulder.
1: Oh my goodness! So. <laughs> yeah. So all right. So you've had you've had stretches without games before, different circumstances, uh, I, I guess. Grayson, t- take me back a little bit. You grew up uh, was it, was did you grow up in Sherrod Park or was it closer to Ardrossan?
3: Um, it was more in our and so on range 224, so it's considered our and so kind of growing up and stuff, I played in Strathcona, uh, for the Strathcona Warriors up until Bantam, which is when I transferred into Sherrod Park, just because it wasn't a Bantam triple team there, and then, uh, played by Bantam in midget year in Sherrod Park, and then that's when I went to Red Year after that.
1: Okay, and then when you were done with the Rebels, what kind of things did, did you did you look at? I mean, obviously, the U of A, usually if they want a player, that, that player is thrilled, but there's always the allure of pro hockey. So what was it like for you when you were finished with the Rebels?
3: Um, yeah, so when I first finished with the Rebels, I went down to uh, Wichita in the East Coast Hockey League, and then I uh, got a few games in there, I like, think it was like one regular season, three playoff games or something like that. But uh, when I was down there, a lot of the players were kind of, uh, they are younger too and kind of went through the same thing I did coming from junior or uh, CIS or youth sports, I guess. And uh, just through talking with them and everything, a lot of them told me like that if uh, pro hockey was something I wanted to do, that, uh, that I could always get my school done first and I'll be there after. So a lot of, the guys there said that they thought it was important for me to get my school done and then go play pro after, uh, just in case, I guess, you never know what happens an injury or something. That ends your career. It's just something to fall back onto. Um, so that was kind of what helped my decision there. I was kind of leaning more towards going to U of A. But kind of talking to those guys there kind of helped me with that decision, and I think I made the right one, too.
1: And what are you studying at the U of A? um in business
3: majoring in finance.
1: Business majoring in finance. Okay, pretty yeah. good stuff. And these games are going to be on TV, so let everybody listening know your number and your style of play. I mean we got to set set some Ooh. expectations here.
3: Um, well, my number is 16 and my style of play would probably be either a two-way or a power forward. Okay. I would
1: say. Cool. Well, I got to tell you, I'm looking forward to these games. Uh, My schedule doesn't allow me to go to a lot of Bears games throughout the season and the playoffs anymore, but I I get to Claire Drake as often as I can. So I'm happy these games are going to be televised, and uh, I think you're going to give the World Juniors a a good test for sure, Grayson. Thanks for checking uh, checking in on Inside Sports and talking about that game and telling your story a little bit. Really appreciate it, and all the best.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
1: That is Grayson and and Chuck checking in. Yeah, uh, Red Deer Rebels uh, really played five seasons there, though. Like you said, his 19-year-old season was injury shortened. A couple of injuries limited him to just 19 games. Uh, so two years now with the U of A. This, this this would have been year three as he studies business with a major in finance. So that is six o'clock Saturday and Sunday. Check your guide. Of course, TSN has five channels, but the games will be on uh, at least one of TSN's five channels, both Saturday and Sunday. So that is pretty cool. All right. uh, We're going to shift gears a a little bit. The, uh, the double E football team looking for exceptional suggestions for the new team name. We will discuss when we get back. The shell season does start. The Oilers not expecting to have Oscar Clefbaum, at least at the beginning of the year, which will not be before January 1st. I'm starting to doubt they're going to get that done, given that nothing has been announced. So that does formally and publicly remain the target date for the National Hockey League, like going to play somewhere between 48, maybe 60, or a little over 60 games in what would be a shortened Regular season. That is uh, an ongoing story. Not really any huge updates over the last few days. But, uh, of course, we'll keep you posted inside sports. Oilers there's now all our fun stuff we have for you here on 630 Chad Mike Evans with a touchdown reception for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 10-play, 75-yard drive for the Bucs. They're in the first minute now of the second quarter. Game against the LA Rams is tied 7-7. Dave's drive going on till the end of the week. That's with SportsCentral. SportsCentral.org is the website. Edmonton Oilers Community Foundation also involved. This is in honour of the late Oilers enforcer Dave Somenko as they round up equipment for uh, kids who might need some help getting some gear and staying involved in hockey. And uh, we're going to have Chris Joseph, former Oilers defenseman on the show tomorrow night to talk a little bit more about that. It'll be good to catch up uh, with Chris. Great guy and always love having him on the show. 780-496-0063. The number to call or text. The double E football team had the 50 50 yesterday. Not bad. Uh, Not bad. 400. Well, I'm going to round it up here. Basically $496,000 prize going to John Groff from Edmonton. It's all been verified. So the uh, the total 50-50 of $991,000, breaking the previous team record of $872,000. That was for a July home game in 2017 against Ottawa. So uh, this is really cool. So John Groff gets half the money. The remaining net proceeds minus the administration of the raffle will go to the Winifred Stewart Association's Joey Moss Memorial Fund. They had that 50-50 yesterday. Uh, from 10 to eight on what would have been great cup Sunday. And I'm not surprised that uh, many of you rallied around that, bought some online tickets. Uh, I got some as well. And uh, there it is. John Groff gets the money almost, almost half a million bucks. That's good for John. You know, it's uh, to try to get John on the show. Ask him how he's spending the money. That's, 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 that's a new washing machine right there. If he needs one, he can get the high tech. He can get the high tech. You know, with the digital controls, not just the dial. You can get the fancy washing machine if you got half a million dollars all of a sudden lying around. <laughs> or maybe he'll think bigger than that. I don't know. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the number to call or text. Well, I guess he'd get the dryer as well. If you're going to get the fancy washing machine, you might as well also get the fancy dryer, and you can even pay for the warranty. Why not? Maybe he'll get a bidet, just go all in. Is that a set? I don't think a bidet would come. I guess a bidet would be more with your bathroom. <laughs> all right. So the E football team, I can also tell you about this. It's name time. They're asking for you to submit your exceptional suggestions for the team's new name. Now, remember, as uh, team president Chris Preston tells you here, no change in the colors, no change in the logo. We are sticking with the green and gold, and as you mentioned, we're sticking with the EE. So,
3: yes, we are seeking names that begin with the letter E, uh, as creative as you would like. We take every name seriously and unsolicited. We've gotten over 3,000 names already over the last two months. So, absolutely, we want your input. We're looking forward to seeing what names we make, we make it out of it that we haven't thought of ourselves.
1: All right, so the the colors remain the same, the logos remain the same, so they're looking for an E name, though I guess maybe you could suggest something that doesn't have an E name that could still somehow fit the logo. I don't know. Maybe Some of you are pretty creative, so you can t- try for that. So here's what you're doing. You can go to esks.com slash name, or you can follow the hashtag on Twitter, double E-E name time, so hashtag E-E name time. And you can make a suggestion. Now, it is not a contest, so there's no prizing or anything like that. Though I got to tell you, if you suggest something that gets picked, that's a Can-Ham. We'll dip into the Inside Sports Can-Ham archive, and we'll we'll get you a canned ham if you help name the football team. Uh, but... We'll see. But the final responsibility for picking the team name will be with the uh, the board of directors. But it's a chance to have a little bit of fun here. Maybe you got some kind of an amazing suggestion or something that's been in your head and you're thinking, if only I could tell somebody. Well, here's your chance to sell somebody, the, t- the team directly. They're going to do this until the end of the day on Tuesday, December 1st. And, it, you know, the, the name's not going to be picked until in the next year. Michael is on the line at 7804960063. Go ahead, Michael. Hello there. Good morning. Or good evening. Sorry. Good morning. Good evening to you. Yeah, good evening. What's on your mind? I was wondering,
0: I got a name for the Askables. I don't know if it sounds cheesy, but it just kind of popped into my head this afternoon. What do you think about the Edmonton Encore? Or are they encores, plural.
1: Yeah, what? Yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. What are you thinking?
0: I don't know. It's because encore is usually encore means do something extra, something special, and and the Astros seem to have a lot of players that do a lot of special things that you don't usually see from other teams. So I thought it would be pretty fitting for the Edmonton encores.
1: Hey, Michael, but I so got to tell you, that is that's one of the most unique ones I've ever heard. They they would probably just go with encore rather than encores. But you you it, can hear you can hear them yelling touchdown touchdown encore. And, and if you, if, a, if a if a guy gets more than one touchdown, you say he was in for an encore. Or if they win, you say now you want an encore next week against Calgary. If oh, you beat Saskatchewan, so many places with it. I, you know what? That's I, and I wonder what they're going to do, Michael. I wonder if they're going to do something traditional like elks, for example, or pick a, a very well-known like sort of a more traditional sports name or if they're going to go up the map and say, you know what, we're coming up with a new name. We're going to do something maybe a little quirky and that's going to be part of our identity. And I, I, Michael, I don't know if you follow the CFL closely, but there's a team called the Ottawa Red Blacks and I still kind of laugh at the name because they write it it in all capital letters, but it's grown on me and they've made their own lumberjack identity and the fans wear those colors. So, you know, it's kind of worked for them. Okay. All right. That's Michael. The Edmonton Encore. He gets points for originality. That would probably take some getting used to for me, but I think he should submit it with an explanation. Why not? Um, all right. I don't understand what somebody just texted in. I was trying to figure out to read it. I think they might have left out a word or two. I was trying to fill it in, but I, I can't make sense of it. I'm sorry to that to that texture. Well, a few people wrote in. That's all right. Okay, what are we doing? Oh, my God, Jack Michaels is up next. Well, I have no idea what that's going to be about, but I'm sure it'll be amusing. Back after the news.
0: 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.